Soul Savvy's podcast. I'm your host Q Lynn. As, as another episode, we have another special guest, very very special guest. Uh, I've known throughout the years. Just a great uh, internet sensation. Just a, a own powerful mogul. You know, she she's uh, she has plethora of titles. There's so many of them. She's a, uh, inspirational uh, mentor. She 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 does so many great things. She's so uh, a castmate on a new own reality show called Love and Marriage DC. So y'all give it up right now for Miss Winter Harris Williams. Winter Williams. Winter Williams. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. I didn't even think about that until the intro. I was like, Winter Williams. We gonna go with that. We, we gotta roll with it for now. <laughs> roll with it, yeah. Because I knew the previous name. I didn't know. Yeah, it's yeah. that's how far we go back. I, I know a little bit, not a lot, but just that's the that's why. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I, I, I I've seen your journey. You just, you just blossom, and and I'm just excited to talk to you today. Likewise, <laughs> so I'm actually going back to where you know me, so right. it's all good. Okay. <laughs> I, okay, I, Harris. I, Winter Harris. Yes, <laughs> we are reversing it back, but yeah, it's all good. Right. I, I'm, I'm excited to be here. When I got the notice, my admin was like, "I don't know this person." I was like, "I do," and I'll give the interview. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm a, yeah." It's mostly in the musical space where they know this name. That's trying to out and do more interviews with actors and people that are in the industry besides music because yeah. you know but i want to always get to the genesis because i'm going to lead up to the social media you know to start from the beginning i call it the genesis of my guest story uh, it's kind of blasphemous but you already know how i am uh how i get down <laughs> so, but uh what what was it um in terms of your focus it, i know you grew up in church but what was your focus like in terms of what you were dedicating your energy to and what you wanted to, uh, what did you see yourself based growing up? So I would say growing up, my focus was being a businesswoman. I was in FBLA growing up. So I always saw myself this single, successful, educated businesswoman. I always wanted to do business abroad. So I studied international business and started out there in, in college. But of course life happened and I ended up marrying my college sweetheart, having my oldest daughter. And that is really where life kind of changed a bit. So a lot of my focus was really just being a mom. You know what I mean? Like that's where I saw my life growing a family, being a mom, going to, you know, dance recitals and games and things like that. And so I would say I kind of settled into being a mom until I went through um, a journey in my marriage and I, basically made the decision to file for divorce that is when i had to look at what did i want to do with my life outside of being a mom because now i needed to figure out 
how to provide for myself, how to provide for my kids. And so I went back to school um, prior to filing for divorce and got my bachelor's in communications, specialized in corporate communications, and then moved forward with getting my MBA. And I just went back into corporate doing communications, media, PR, marketing. Those were all the things that I focused on and pretty much stayed there and building my corporate career until you met me when I started, you know, getting on social media and sharing my story. And that's when all of the relationship stuff really started because I was giving my perspective on relationships and sharing some of the lessons I learned, like being married for as long as I was and now being a new divorcee and getting back into the dating scene, which had changed drastically from the time I got married to divorce. Um, so that's really what got me online. And I found that I love talking to people and connecting with people. Um, and so I thought I wanted to be in media. Like I, it, it kind of has always been connected to communications, but I really found that it might be that media might be my thing. And so I just really right. kind of stuck to that. And I just began to create the space for myself and what that looked like for winter. And it's just sort of kind of worked out that the consistency has started to pay off. See, because your story is interesting because it's like, I always said it was like something light in you. I always knew that, but it was like, it's something deeper. And I always reverted back to, I'm not trying to act like I'm a psychologist or nothing like that, but yeah. usually it ties in the child. So your upbringing, was it just, I mean, you became a mom, you, you got married, you became a mom, and that was your focus for a long period. But what were there any aspiration? Was it just a family life you aspired to growing up? So I was raised in the church. My parents were pastors. And so having that foundation of faith and that upbringing really kind of made me I would say a well-rounded individual in the space of faith, not well-rounded in the world at large, because I felt like my life was very sheltered. But in my nucleus of a family, things were very strong and healthy. And, you know, I always felt like family was very important. Faith was very important. And so I was always the rebel, though. It always felt like there was more to life than church. <laughs> I just didn't know right. what that was. And, uh, right. I feel like my journey of divorce really helped me or really pushed me to kind of seek the world that was more than church and not necessarily seek the world, but just feel like there's got to be more to life than just this. And so, mm -hmm. uh, but I do feel like my foundation is very, very strong and it's made me a strong person. It's made me be able to navigate, you know, different realms of my life that I feel like other people probably would have maybe checked out or, or did something awful to themselves. I've just been able to endure and my family upbringing is a large part of that. My faith is a large part of that. So I'm able to maneuver difficult things with ease. It's not easy, but with ease because of that foundation. So I always wanted a family, but you know, once you go through something traumatic like divorce, it's almost like, okay, eventually my kids are going to grow up and move on. What else mm -hmm. is you know what I mean? Like, what do I want to do? Who am I? You know, I feel like that's a valid question that I had to ask myself. Who am I? Who is Winter? What has she put on this earth to really do and accomplish? And I think the deep work, the deep healing, the deep reflection, the growth, the wisdom, the maturity, 
the failures, the, the pain, the hurt, all of that, I feel I, I try to infuse it into my everyday life. And that's a little unique for people because I'm a very transparent person. And it's almost odd for people, especially in the faith-based world, to be comfortable with because we're taught to cover so much up, right? Because we don't want right. to come across as broken or imperfect. But I believe it's the transparency that actually heals people and gives people the permission to heal and embrace and move forward and grow. So I've just kind of settled into that's who I am. And I feel like it's the one thing that has set me apart that has honestly helped me move from space to space and, and grow mm -hmm. as a person, as a business, as an influencer, you know, as a public figure. And I don't take that lightly. I think I've been very fortunate and very blessed um, to do so. So my faith is what is, has really carried me through. And I think that's what people honestly see like, oh, winter appears very warm or she's glowing. And I'm like, well, that's an inside job, right? That's nothing that we right. can do on the outside. There's nothing we can buy. There's not enough makeup. That is something you literally have to do the work from within. And then that resonates out. So um, yeah, that's kind of really the backstory for me. But my foundation was very strong. It still is very strong. My family is still very supportive and, my, and I'm very grateful for them. So yeah, I, I it's made me who I am and I, and I, I love who I am, especially today. <laughs> so you, you say that the, the transparency, that's the key to, I feel like everything in life. It's like, and I, I just now like realized that people's true, people can't really handle truth looks different for everybody else. Cause your truth is your truth. You see it, but it's a way to transfer in terms of really assessing something and seeing what is whatever that looks like. And a lot of people like to sugarcoat it or try to make it look nice instead of saying, hey, that tree is about to bend down. They're like, no, it's still beautiful. It still has life in it, you know? And of course, yep. the optimism is there, but there's still has realism. And I think a lot of people's true. They, I don't like to uh, uh, equivalent to violence, but this is the only way for people to get it it's like like the truth can probably slap you in the face people say say some people's truth might punch them and start bleeding and that yeah. that when that truth is revealed it's like if it, they reveal their truth it might they might have a bloody nose or blood lip. and then some people's like my truth is a back slap like all of my life lessons were always a, like it wasn't a hard one it was just like wake up like this is what it is and I was like, oh, that, and then sometimes it knocked me down a little bit, yep. you know, that back end. So I think it's just a matter of how you handle the truth and that transparency, that truth, that's what makes you more transparent. And hopefully somebody, you could be the a lesson or a lesson of what not to do or what to do. And people kind of have that, you feel people have that, oh, I ain't gonna date any type of mentality or or I'm gonna do what they did because it worked out for them. Do you think people have that either or, or mentality when it comes to insert getting the truth that fits for them, basically? Yeah, I, I people are very uncomfortable with the truth because the truth exposes you, makes you vulnerable, right? But it is by the truth alone that we are set free. I mean, it's, it's no way around it. At some point, the truth is the only way out. And so I live by that. And there's a lot of freedom that I live in because of that. So, I agree with you. So, another, another, another. backslap me all the way from here to <laughs> <laughs> right. Listen, it's right. what it is. But you learn to 
power through it and heal through it and, and you become a better person for it. See, I'm interested in your story is so interesting because I've always wondered the perspective on it, not necessarily and people I hope people listening in don't take this as a judgment or whatever. I'm I was always curious of people that got married young in their twenties because I remember when I was in high school, like people had high school sweethearts and people end up getting married i was always interested in those stories so was it just the fundamentals of like you said with church bringing that created that necessary for you to do that or was it just something that you wanted to do definitely church and upbringing and i literally say all the time i had no business getting married when i got married like Mm -hmm. I would I would blow a gasket if my kids came to me and was like I'm 19 I want to get right. married. like what no um, but it is traditional I, I was raised in the south so it's very normal for people to marry very young and start a family very yeah. young so it also is environment you know it's environmental right. it's it's family but also I like to give the context that I had just found out I was pregnant with my oldest daughter uh -huh. so the recommendation oh, yeah. Yeah. The, Hey, make this right, right? I would have rather just stay right. single and and figured it out. Um, I don't. I feel like their dad would have handled his responsibilities, but we absolutely had no business walking down anybody's aisle. Even though we remained married for 15 years, I still see a lot of foundational pieces that were missing, and I feel like a lot of the drama that was experienced was because there was a season that he just needed to grow up you know what i mean like right. as 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 women sometimes when we have kids and we become a mom and we become a wife we grow up a lot faster than our male counterparts mm -hmm. and right. that was very true for me and i just wish i had been like oh no you know we'll figure it out but again it's that traditional mindset and you know make things right it's like we are so far beyond that in our society stay single figure it out move forward and keep it moving but yeah i, I if i had to do it all over again i would have just had the baby and kept it rocking right see you what you're saying makes sense because i feel like that's almost everybody if they've experienced divorce i'm saying that it's all not make a blanket statement but when i talk to some a couple or they're no longer together anymore they divorce they've been together that long i'm like because i always wonder how you be here 15 20 years and you divorce and then when you put back later it's like oh you probably it for the kids sake or yep you kind of disconnected or you just because it was one time not to put this musician on blast but his husband said he was in the car for like 30 minutes before he would go in the house i'm like why and i was like oh you're trying to be like Penalize, like okay what kind of person am i gonna walk into is she gonna be mad because i came in late because i'm at a gig is all this stuff he's trying to assess everything and i was like but he he ended up they ended up together because he ended up having to do personal internal work that you were talking about and i'm like oh that makes sense because he was together they're together like 20 plus years i'm like why are you experiencing all this i'm like you should know each other but once you i think a lot a lot of people marriage as this like the end of all and then they think that the work stops like once you get married it's like oh i don't have to like do all the date nights and all that stuff and i feel like, like a lot of times society thinks it's just okay you can and then it's perfect life after 
shit at. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I, I think um, viewing relationships is just basically you constantly doing the work. Personally, Absolutely. just d- doing the work. And I think you, you're, you're, the amazing thing about you is that uh, your story is that you actually take the risk. See me, I was, I feel like I was kind of cowardice because I wouldn't take the risk. For one, I didn't think I was ready to be in a relationship, so I'm like, I'm not gonna get it and mess it up because I'm gonna will kind of fall forward into it is admirable to me because a lot because I know me, I don't have the strength to like go through a relationship this this and because I feel like it's a lot of work and energy. I'm like, I, I would just try to make it work with more because if because my thing is if I get married, that's it. I'm not. <laughs> I kind of have that mentality where it's not happening again. I think your situation, your uh, outlook on this, is always positive because you keep trying. That's a cool thing, and I think uh, just the way you you talk about it. That's what. That's what. I don't want to jump right into the social media thing because I want to build it up into that. But just seeing the process and how you uh, compartmentalize it, relationships is is really uh is is really inspiring but yeah i, I just felt like to say that part of it before okay. i ask my next question okay <laughs> <laughs> but um when, when you're talking about being married was there anything in particular in terms of going into career wise like how did your work ethic how did that happen i know you said you started who you were after you got divorced but was there any kind of did you where did the work ethic come come in in terms of because it all equates to how you handle your social media and being an influencer what what was your work ethic like did it start before you got married or after the divorce i would say i've always worked very hard for whatever i wanted and i do feel like having kids made me an even harder worker because juggling more than one you have to you know what i mean like you're busy you're preoccupied you're having to multitask and so i carried all of those things with me when i went into corporate and i've just always been a really hard worker that said i never felt fulfilled in corporate and i think that's why i kind of dabbled into things when it comes to social media because i'm just like this is not fun like i'm doing it but it's not fun you know i i want to enjoy what I do every day. So I've just always been the type that if I want it, I'm willing to do the work to get it. And so even though I'd be tired, I'd get up and I would go live and I would go on Periscope and I would get up it, you know, like I was just willing to put in the work and I don't feel like much has changed. I'm always willing to put in the work. I, I you know, I feel like I got to get it done and there's me left to do it. So I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do it. So I just really feel like it's always been in me, but actually having kids made me more proactive because I wanted mm-hmm. to also be a good example for them. And so I've always shown them like, hey, if you want it, put in the work to get it. Do the, do your part. You can't talk about what you want to do. Be about it. Do the work. Right. Start Even if you got to start small, just start. Um, and I think that has served me well over the years. So going into work, Um, The hardest thing for me was commuting and and still having to get up in the morning and take kids to school. Uh, So that was a challenge. I don't, I look back at those years and I'm like, how did you manage? Like, it was just so crazy. I I don't know. I was commuting like three, three to four hours a day. Like I had a long, 
day. And it was <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like there were days I would commute and not get back home in the house until seven, eight o'clock at night. And I would have to wake up at six o'clock and do it all over again. That's like, like almost going into another state, like jumping from a state. Cause it's like, I commute, I commute sometimes from Oklahoma City to Dallas. That's a long, that's about three to four hour <laughs> drive. So you do it that every day. Oh, but I would Okay, well, it's I, local. <laughs> I did that for three years for three oh, wow. years I, I i don't know how like i still wonder how like how girl like how that's so, crazy i don't know i just i don't know i don't know how i got through it but i did i got through it it made me stronger so now being you know, I've been a full-time entrepreneur for two years now, and there's ups and downs, ebbs and flows. But I think because I've been able to manage and maintain so much, I'm able to do that and, and translate that into entrepreneurship as well. And it's made me able to kind of roll with the punches. And so things are really getting exciting right now, though. I have a lot going on. So I don't know. It's just that I love what I do now. You know what I mean? It's not right. me begrudgingly going into work every day doing something I sort of kind of like to do but not really love like this is just so much different like I love what I do and the ability to be able to create and do what I love and inspire and impact people that is just it's fulfilling to me so I work harder I feel like I work harder than I did in corporate but right. um, <laughs> at least I love the results if that makes sense so right. yeah that makes perfect sense um in terms of work, do you think working in corporate, you think, because I feel like working in corporate is so many different demands. I think any industry you work in, working for corporate America, there's always a, a demand, whether or not you're in the office or just the sales. If you're in sales, I feel like that, that kind of machine, you're pretty much a machine you're dealing with the day in and day out. That. Do you think working in corporate helped you? Because I I feel like for me, working in corporate before I did it, started time mission, I took those attributes that I would do in terms of waking up on time, being punctual, and making sure uh, every, every tax that I had, I completed it when it was supposed to be completed. I didn't half do anything. I always went full with it. And I took, I was like, well, if I could do that for a company, I could do that for myself. And that was sort of the, the thought process. Did you have the same thought process doing corporate like? I want to take that same energy I did with corporate and put it into being an entrepreneur or in the media, uh, being a social space. Yeah, for me, being in, being in marketing and communications, I apply a lot of what I learned, actually, into mm -hmm. what I do now. Like, it, it definitely helps me when I can't find things like graphic designers <laughs> or, you know, copywriters. Right things like that like right. i'm fortunate for me personally i can do that for myself like I, I if i had to i can as far as websites like everything i've learned and and i've you know gained experience in professionally has definitely served me well now but more specifically because i was in media pr and communications and marketing like i need all of that so Anytime I'm short, <laughs> can't find somebody to do it, or I don't want to pay somebody to do it, I can wholeheartedly get it done myself. And so I'm grateful for those skills because 
as you know, being an influencer and an entrepreneur, sometimes you're a one a one man show. You just are, you know, a one woman show. So I'm grateful that I do have the skill set that most people will just be stumped on and maybe not be able to do. I can get it done because right. I have the skill set to do it. So there's a lot that I apply from corporate into my life as a as an entrepreneur and an influencer. And so I'm grateful for that. Like even now, like I have to record um, sessions and thankfully I have equipment, you know, like I have multiple right. cameras and I, I, I'm grateful that I know how to utilize this stuff. You know, most people can't, but I can and I'm able to. And so it helps make life a little bit easier for me. Um, but I'm always grateful when I can pass it off on someone else because sometimes I just don't have time to do it. Um, being very busy these days, but overall, you know, I'm grateful. What was it? Uh, that worked for you in terms of making that leap, getting into social media? Or was it just something natural that happened and it caught on as you were doing it? For me, it was just something natural that caught on. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, I realized I'm a conversationalist. I talk a lot and people like to talk. And as long as you create <laughs> the space, the atmosphere and the environment, people will come. So I really right. just kind of fell into it and just begin to love it. You know what I mean? Like I, I found that I enjoyed talking to people and learning more about them and, and what they had to offer and their thoughts on relationships and their thoughts on, on what they've learned and life lessons. And, and you know this, I've talked about everything. Like, I, I mean, I just, I like right. to talk and I like to get to know people and I like <laughs> the people to get to know me. So I personally just kind of fell into it and just realized if I was consistent, it was something I could actually do for a living. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's really kind of an amazing quality of social media. Like you can literally turn something into nothing or nothing out of, you know, into something. Like it's, it's, it's pretty it out incredible. Yeah, you can. You really, really can. So right. I've tried to keep that as my main focus and... It's just worked out well. But yeah, sometimes it's just, you just got to do it. You know, it's all about consistency. It's really about being consistent. So many people start and stop and start and stop and they don't have enough uh -huh. likes. They won't post. And I mean, I've been there, done that, gone through all of the ups and downs. But really, it's about consistency, staying consistent. Just be consistent. It'll work itself out. You, okay, look. Other people listening is like get to, get to the stuff, whatever. The how was first introduced to Miss Wayne Harris? It was on Facebook. Yeah. It was when I kind of frequented and I would go down my news feed. Sometimes people would share posts. I don't think I was following you. I think some your video at the time. How long ago was y'all? Uh, James Wright Chanel. He had did a, review, a singer. Uh, caterer and whatnot he posted a video eating the patty labelle sweet potato pie and it went viral he was singing while he was eating it became a thing and then and then i seen all these videos i kept seeing reaction videos of people eating this pie and people were getting reviews and i saw winter's video hers was not a food review it was <laughs> it was more of a disappointing of not being able to get the because it was all sold out at Walmart and <laughs> I don't know I don't know if it's if you're on your YouTube but you can look it up uh, she basically said to all the people that got one and she uh, and 
the fact she couldn't get one, she was basically saying, I hope uh, y'all wrote in it. And it was, <laughs> it was just the way she said it. It was like she was legitimately actually couldn't get the pot. <laughs> and I thought it was funny because I was like, I think the build up to like, okay, everybody's eating a, a pie. And then come up her video where she said she couldn't get one was just hilarious to me. And she was, it, it felt like you meant when you said <laughs> that you hope somebody got the roach in there. <laughs> Oh, that was, I, I was tickled by that. I was like, I gotta follow her because that kind of humor to me is hilarious because it's like you most people be like, uh, whatever, but you were so perturbed by that. By not get what I just thought it was funny, but uh, was that your I can't remember if you said that was your first video that went the one that got you in the social media, but was that the first one? Yep, oh, so I caught you in the beginning. <laughs> And it's so funny, the things that kind of catch on become a thing. Like, right. yes, that was definitely one of my biggest videos in the beginning. And I was just like, oh, oh my God, like what in the world? But, <laughs> you know, I felt a way about it and I was serious. Like, I was so upset that I couldn't try it. But um, <laughs> I really, um, I really can't even begin to describe like oh man the the comments and the things i got as it relates to um i knew it would feel that way as it relates to like people going viral but the the comments were just they were there were a range i don't know but i really <laughs> felt like that video helped me realize you just never know what's gonna stick right you know what i mean and mm. because you never know what's gonna stick that's why you gotta stay consistent you really just have to stay consistent yeah. and do what is unique to you and be, you know, committed to it. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think I continue to do kind of comical videos for a little while after that. Yeah, but you're naturally funny, though. It's like a effortless. It's like that. But to me, that's always the best humor where you can just show and what. You know, you're serious, like you did say, it's just the way, sometimes just the way you say stuff that makes it funny. And to me, that's the best kind of humor because it's genuine. <laughs> if you were, it was just the genuineness of you not in the pop. was funny, but in that, I, you started, when I started following you, you started doing the Periscope. You were doing Periscope at first before you did the Facebook Live. I don't think Facebook Live uh, existed yet. I think it's just... I think Periscope, it might have been another streaming live, but I, uh, maybe you stream and some other streaming services. But I think I started following you and then you were like, oh, go to Periscope and I would watch your Periscope. And that's the beauty. And the I think that's the key to your success is that you do enjoy, enjoy conversations with people and people really connect with you because you actually interact with uh, your support supporting people and you were interacting because at first because i would always be I, I would just that person in the chat room just throwing out i was going people's chat room just saying crazy stuff and you was responding to it i was like oh i was like but you you were carrying on conversations because most times they do lives they're just, they're just sitting there playing in their hair in the camera and they're sitting there for like it's like you gonna say something or you just but you actually create topics and conversations and people will say something and you hold 30 minute topic about it like they could talk about uh broken homes and you could 
about something that personal they they felt comfortable enough sharing personal information and i always admired that how you handle that social media they had opposing view to whatever you were saying they could you know i never thought about it like that i think your approach to it i think that's the the best thing about your platform is and how you grew your social media is your intentions has always been good whether or not people with the virtue or not or with the truth what you're saying i think people could assess it and be like because there's a lot of times uh, you would say something i'm like ah i don't really agree with it but you would actually expound on it and have a real conversation i'm like you know what i never thought about it like that before yeah and i think it helps I, old, old yeah i don't think on social media i think that's kind of the the challenge for a lot of influencers is that we give our opinions almost expected people to automatically agree with our opinion and it's right. not it's really to create the space for dialogue whether people agree with you or not you know what i mean right. so um for me it's more so just really be open and honest and share your truth and i think it'll encourage people to share their truth whether you agree about whatever you're talking about or not i just felt like that's always created a community that's very open and and they trust your voice because again you're not mm -hmm. trying to control what people think you're just putting what you think out there and it's right. it's always been such a a great um i don't know i just always enjoyed it so much like i've even enjoyed the people who didn't agree you know sometimes right. people have been able to change my mind about some things mm -hmm. that, yeah. and that's that's always a weird space uh when you have a platform is going i think again it goes back to you knowing yourself who dealing with everything you dealt with you to really see the truth from what it is whatever it looks like and i think a lot of people have trouble having that kind of discernment with life and i think your outlook on life i think we're we're in a projection type of culture to where whatever somebody feels whether if it's good or bad they like to put that on somebody else so if it's I feel like negativity is, is always going to attract like a negative and a negative. They taught us in science and a negative is always going to be a negative. And then a, a positive and a negative is going to be a negative because negative is getting the force from the positive. It's, it's charging itself off to the positive. So it's always going to read a negative. You know what I mean? It's like positive and positive is always going to meet positive. Like that's science. But a lot of people like just for instance, this, uh, internet uh influencer he has a really big show uh i don't really watch it that often it came twitter that space to where a lot of people like to rant they create uh a viral moment and his video went viral because he's trying to help a a woman uh he was basically styling her in her makeover and in the makeover she had very interesting Fit. It was more of like a Japanese anime type of style of dress. And the person in the comments, all the people were outraged by it. They was like, see, this is why, you know, women, this is how women are disenfranchised because he knows that she doesn't, he knows that doesn't look good. Why would he put that on her? And he was like, these internet sensations, they just like to make a fool out of regular people. Come on out. It was just a 30 second clip. When you watch the full clip, she actually wanted the outfit. Like everything that she wanted, she specifically asked for that. And so he his attention to detail was what she asked for. But the perception 
that they got from that was that oh he made her wear that and do that instead of just when you watch she actually liked the outfit it was, i'm like it's her out my my thinking was oh she because my thinking is never go to negative so i think to take a moment like that where she was happy about it and negative i think there's something wrong with people that do that is that a wrong for, for me i i can never assess something and be like and always go to a negative space and i that's what people do that like to project how what, what's your thoughts on people that have that kind of they automatically go negative in a circumstance where it's not really called for what do you think about projection <laughs> a lot of us project Honestly, I would say everyone is guilty of projected in some way, shape, form or fashion. Um, I think we have to be careful to make sure we're actually seeing things for what they are versus seeing things from maybe something we've experienced. And I feel like that in and of itself is what kind of governs a lot of our responses and reactions. So I tell people to pause and actually listen to what's being said. Um, not from any preconceived notions or judgments, but literally hear and listen to what's being said. And I think that will help a lot of the projections. So I, I, I can be very guilty of that. I think quite naturally, a lot of people can be very defensive, but you know, I, I, I think listening to hear what's that one saying? Oh gosh listen to hear and not to respond right and I, I i think when we project it's about that response right like we got to get that response <laughs> out uh but when you actually hear so you learn that some things don't require a response um so i i'm just very i'm very cautious around projection because a lot of our projection is rooted in a lot of hurt and pain and unprocessed yeah. healing and so um definitely for sure we have to be mindful that um you know projection is always not the truth of a situation it's literally depends on what a person is really trying to say and we can only get there as if, if we're w really hearing what is being said so i don't know i, I it depends i depends on what the circumstances are too i don't know it really depends right I, I, it depends on the i just feel like that's the yeah i just think that's the thing in society i think that's the currency right i feel like projection is currency it's with some of these gossip sites and that's what sells is you put a picture up of a celebrity if it's a couple whatever and you create a a, a, a article and you don't give you give half facts of it and then you let the com commenters create their own perception of it and a lot of times people's perception of because a lot of times some celebrities i've been in a room with them i'm like and i i read something online about i'm like oh they're not like at all they're like you know it's if you hold narrative and create a perception of somebody and you just project this lifestyle and people have a certain like certain like i guess i guess you're right you just hit me in the face with the truth because I, I do that i say that and have projections when it comes to people i know you from these areas, and i'm like oh man y'all some of y'all uppity like <laughs> I was like saying it was like I had projections of like uppity blacks or whatever, but y'all actually cool. Like there's a lot of people in that area. But when, before I, then that's what I was. Saying. I think if you, I, I think you be you are because at first I wasn't even see there. When are you did it again? Because literal moments where I was like I don't think I project, but then I was like yeah I do project.
<laughs> on certain cities I go to, I project my truth of what it is. But when I experience it, it's like, oh, that's not my experience. So you're right. You just you just uh, check me in real life. Real life. <laughs> that's real. I just had a moment while you said that again. That's Winter's magic. She let when she says stuff because you view the truth how you view it. But if you really listen to what Winter's saying. Yeah, is always good. I'm like, damn. I mean, shoot, I don't like cuss in front of you because I know you the Christian stuff or whatever. I'm, I'm trying to watch my tongue winner. I've been I've been good for a while. I've been cuss free for uh two hours. <laughs> I you know what? I honestly don't I've been cuss free for two hours, winner. I, I don't judge. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 don't I was trying not to cuss. I really don't I was trying to see how long I could go with this interview without cussing. Uh, damn it. I mean there again, forty minutes in and I was started cussing. Oh, I, 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 I think it's important that people know I personally don't, but I don't judge, and sometimes it's merited. Right. Um, so I completely right. understand it. Um, but listen, it, right. I I think so often. I think that's one thing I've learned from being in reality TV. Like, it's it's possible to literally just come from two different walks of life and you literally just mm -hmm. can't relate to a person like it's possible. oh yeah like, right absolutely perception and perception right absolutely everything sometimes and it just is what it is we're all i think it's something we all can work on and involve in as you know as human beings we are not as open and, as, and accepting as we should be i think sometimes or need to be um, i'm not saying we shouldn't be cautious but sometimes we're almost too overly cautious and we don't really give people mm -hmm. a fair chance and a fair shake so um i feel like the show has taught me that and i'm learning that and it's just it it, it can be difficult to juggle so everyone's learning everyone's growing everyone has their their way about things but project projection is one of those things that I almost feel like in our society has jaded us all because of social media. Mm -hmm. Because social media, Absolutely. honestly, is one big project fest. Yeah, yeah. Media. You, yeah, you only show project fest. Like for you, you're you have the the reality show, which I'm gonna get to, and you discuss really deep personal issues. A lot of people. I, I'll say a good majority. I think it's easy for me to say, make a joke, say a good majority of people are not comfortable sharing the experiences you have, if they have anything similar, if they were at a form where they had a lot of viewers, they wouldn't be comfortable sharing like you have, not saying they have specifics like yours, but if it's anything personal, because I, I don't feel comfortable. There's a lot of people I see lives where they going me i'm always thinking of safety issues in terms of it's like i'm in certain area it's like it's not necessarily uh safe for women sometimes in some of these uh areas where I, uh in terms of just working at night because i work at night <laughs> my job is to work at night to make people happy uh that just on my job and they came they paid their money to see a show and they want to have a good time it's not safe that way but i think a lot um, what what you're speaking to? The uh, reason why I, I was speaking on that is project. I think uh, on the internet, when it comes to just 
ain't truth in what it is, but I think social media, if you use it to way you want to, I, I'm trying to phrase it a certain way where it's not offensive. I, I can offend people when I say this, but social media, a lot of times people just want to show the good. They don't necessarily show the difference, whatever's going on in their life. And some people do. Some people, yeah, I think some people have to sometimes where this is their open letter this is their journal to put all of their like their deepest darkest thoughts the, i'm depressed or some people have that side of them and then also people just have the side of oh, i'm gonna show this nice car i'm gonna show everything good going on in my life they're not gonna show oh this guy thirty thousand dollar debt trying to keep up with because i saw somebody with the new bmw with the new mercedes benz and i'm twenty thousand dollars in debt and it's about to get repo because, right. <laughs> because I can't keep up. They don't show that side of it. Nope. But a lot of times people pick it. That's what, I feel like that's what social media is built for. It's kind of create your own narrative. And whatever that narrative is, I think that's indicative of who you are. To me, I just use it to promote whatever it is. I, know I may get personal if I feel like talking about stuff, but it's mostly just Genesis is never nothing personal. But, uh, I was gonna ask you a question. You grew up in Arkansas, right? And you're you were born there, right? Born and raised. I've only been to Arkansas, I think, three times in my life. I think two times was for church, and then it was for my cousin's uh, college graduation. And when I went there, it was like, oh, this is a little nice area, but I don't want to say Arkansas is the same. But was it more of a rural area? Was it just like just country towns that you grew up in? Uh, just so, believe it or not, no, believe it or not, I grew up in Jonesboro, which is the fourth largest city in Arkansas, but okay. it's still not very big. <laughs> so, okay. um, considering What's the population? growing up, it was like 47,000, so it's not super small. See, that's not that's a nice amount of size of people, that's real small. Because when you said small, I was thinking like 3,000, 4,000, that's really small, but that's pretty big, yeah. That's yes, so 47,000, but I live in an area where <laughs> I I think 47,000 is like one little bitty town. And then like, the, like there's, it's my town that I grew up in is much smaller than the area I live in now. And it's not even a big city. Right. So it's relevant, right, right, right. but um, I'm telling you, like it wasn't that big. And <laughs> wow. so, um, so it wasn't super small, but it wasn't super big. You know what I mean? Like it's all relevant. Yeah, yeah. We had one silly mall that was so boring. Um, <laughs> one movie theater, like right. it just—it was lame, y'all. Like I, I don't yeah. know. Like it wasn't small, but it wasn't a whole lot going on. There was a small population <laughs> of black people. You know, I grew up in a predominantly right. white area. Um, my mom grew up in a town that had like a thousand people and that's where I spent a lot of my summers in, in the boonies <laughs> out, you know, right. with my grandparents and that was just life. Life was simple. You know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up with a silver, silver spoon in my mouth and the whole NFL world was something I kind of got thrust into because that's just happened to be what mm -hmm. my ex-husband did. But yeah, I, I grew up very lower middle class. You know, thank God I grew up with both of my parents in the home. And, you know, we owned our home and it was three bedrooms, one bath. And it just, <laughs> life was simple, you know, moving out to the D.C. area. It's just been like, wow, you know, it's it's way different. 
yeah. much more, you know, to be aware of things going on, populations larger. But I love where I grew up. I went to school at the University of Arkansas and I love my collegiate experience. I'm still a Razorback fan. I, I you know, I'm Arkansas proud, even though I didn't grow up in, in this vast mecca of a city, it still gave me a very good hometown feel. And it makes me still very proud to say I'm an Arkansan. You know what I mean? Like I'm still very proud to be mm. from Arkansas. I, I don't regret my upbringing. I would have loved to have had a mall or two more than we had, but it's what it was and it served its purpose. Um, but yeah, I had a very simple life. Like it was nothing crazy. I would say the craziest thing are probably some of my church experiences, but um, the outside world was very simple. Like I, I, we just didn't have a whole lot to do or go, you know, going on. I spent most of my summers either with my grandparents or playing in my neighborhood with my neighborhood friends right. and <laughs> you know like uh, I relate to that 100% I grew up in the same it was a little bit it was like 20 uh I grew up in Oklahoma and it is the population is 25,000 I think it was 20,000 when I was growing up late 80s 90s it started going up but it's the same it was one mall one skate ring I think the Saturday was the only time we went skating. It was, it was, yeah, enough to do one movie theater, same, about the same. And it's basically a uh, middle class driven where it was like a factory, like it was like a Michelin plant there. So if you, those were the the goals in that city. If you, you got that, make it work 12 hour shifts and you got 401k, like if you did that, that's living the life. And a lot of people, I don't know for you if it's the same, but I just couldn't imagine. I always felt like I was a city girl. I never felt like a cause it, Oklahoma. It has Oklahoma City also is the biggest city, the largest uh, cities in there, and I always gravitated to a city more than I did the rural areas in country. Even though that I'm sure it has those same areas like Oklahoma, but. Did you ever, did you foresee yourself being a bigger city when you were younger? Did you always have aspirations to get to a big city when you were in? <laughs> Cause I was like, I was like, I get older. Cause I would, my, my, my dad did travel for basketball as well. And so I experienced life. I would travel with them to go on sports, uh, sport tournaments and whatnot. And so we're going to Memphis and going to Kansas city. We're going to Missouri, we're going to Louisville, we're going everywhere. I'm like, man, I want to go here. Did you have aspirations like that when you were younger of getting out of Arkansas? <laughs> I had an epiphany in high school at some point, and I was like, if I don't get out of this town, I'm going to die here. Like, I just knew, like, it felt right. like a black hole. I'm so serious. And yeah, I knew college was my only way out. Like I really knew it. I knew it was my only way out and I had to buckle down and be serious about it. And so that's what I did. I became a very, very serious student and thank God was able to get a scholarship to the University of Arkansas. That was my first taste of freedom. And I was like, I am never going back <laughs> never there back. again. I feel you. And I really still don't go home all that often. I'm going to be honest. I usually only go back for funerals, and that's really sad to say, but... Um, I understand. Boring. Like, there's nothing there. So... Right. Um, I... 
was pretty dead set on making sure that I got out of there. And I did, and I'm proud, but it's still home. And I'm still proud to be from Arkansas. I would love to go back and do um, some philanthropic initiatives. Like that is really the goal. I My ultimate, one of my ultimate endeavors in life is to get, is to get a key to the city. Is to get a key to the city that I was born and raised in and to be inducted into the Arkansas Hall of Fame. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great aspiration. That's, a, that's like a real attainable goal. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I would love to. Like, that's that's my goal. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but I, I would no. love to be acknowledged. Um you know, as someone that gave back to her community, but also someone that gave back to the great state of Arkansas. Like that, that's high on the list. And I hope that I accomplish both before I die. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm gonna say something to you after we get off. It's not for for the podcast. I'm gonna, you, you said something that I click, but I'm gonna tell you after we get off here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna get to, cause okay, you got, you did the lobs, your lobs were going good, building, you're following up. Cause I think I was following you from the beginning of this journey that you're on now in terms of social media. And then you got a radio show on the Studio W Buzz network. I remember you announced that and I was like, oh, that's so dope. Cause you, uh, you were natural conversational. It's like, oh, that's perfect for her. Uh, how did that, cause I got a story for it. I don't remember if I told you this or not, but I got a story about how we're how uh, you set my 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 good life up right now. I'll tell you that after you uh, uh, say how how did that come about in terms of Studio Buzz getting your own radio show? How did that come about? I want to just say he be he became a fan by following me and just reached out to see what we could make uh -huh. happen. And that's essentially what happened. I mean, it was nothing that was planned. Um, he just started watching my Facebook lives and was like, hey, are you interested in having your own show? And I'm like, absolutely. So that's mm -hmm. really how it all came about. And I, I think I did that for like a year and a half or something like that. It was yeah, like a, like a year and a half. Yeah. And then yeah. other things started to kind of take off and I had to, you know, step away. But yeah. I think it's amazing how one thing kind of leads to another, leads to another, yeah. leads. You know what I mean? So that's that's yeah. how I got on the radio show. I don't know if I publicly told you this or privately told you this, but you're the reason why I got my show because I forgot how it happened, but I had just messaged him. I was trying to promote uh, my website, and then he told me, me to, uh, the owner of the network he just told me to call him we had like a two-hour conversation and we were just talking about music because his that network was based on was about soul music and whatnot different genres and we were just talking about music and then he ended up offering me, but it was mostly because my connection with you me follow me following you on facebook it kind of just naturally happened that way and then we had a conversation and then all of a sudden i he asked me for a radio show and I was like yeah uh, it was good promotion for what I was trying to do but you're the reason why I got connected through that down That's this awesome. whole podcasting thing I don't know if I, pro I don't know if that or not but That's, listen he was a, he's a great yeah. connect and I'm happy to hear that because I, I think 
yeah. sometimes you just need that one in. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. Thanks for sharing. I didn't know that. Didn't know. Oh, see, I couldn't remember. It's been so long ago, Winter. My my mind comes and goes. So I couldn't remember if I told you, but you're the reason why I got my own radio show on. That's awesome. On and I think I got I can't remember how long ago I got it after yours. I did that for like four and a half years on there. We did pretty good in the ratings. Our ratings were good. Did you end on good terms with everything's we good? Did. We did. Okay. We did. We did. I okay. literally I can't remember what the something for me personally was transitioning. And I don't remember it's been so long ago. Mm -hmm. I really don't remember that what happened. But yeah, we ended on good terms. Okay, no, it, cool. I didn't just publicly say that. I've never addressed it uh, yeah. post. I've never posted it, but uh, I, I he will shout outs to Will Brown. He's he's dope. Yeah. He's doing his thing. It just you kind. I think I just outgrew it. It, it, it had I had to transition from radio because it. I was doing my. You were doing yours every Monday. I I changed my days. I did it every Thursday and Friday, and it kind of was colliding with my as a musician and i'm like doing it every week and i had a guest on every week and that, that was kind of hard to do people cancel people got other obligations and I, sometimes i don't find out till we about to get on air that they canceled it so but we kept that up for like four and a half years i think i had a guest on every show and that was kind of hard to keep up yeah but yeah, I, I ended on good terms as well but uh you okay i guess we can transition to the, the the owns reality show Love and Marriage DC. I know it's produced by Carlos King. Shout outs to him. He's a really great uh, creator. I know he has uh, a, a experience on other reality shows. I think uh, some of the I think and then the Real Housewives of Atlanta. But this one, I watched the first episode. And and because I know I've been following you for so long, I was kind of scared for you because I'm like, because when you're kind of the catalyst for all binge watching, Twitter watching shows, because a lot of people, when new shows come out, people like to tweet about it. It's more for more so for Twitter than Instagram. Instagram is more video related content like TikTok, but it's where the real conversations happen. And when the show came on, everybody on my timeline was talking about it. And I was scared, and people were talking about. It. I was like, because I want, I want them to view view you a certain way. So I was like, oh shit, I hope they don't be crazy about it. And most of it was positive. It was mostly the. Not, not to get into detail about your storylines, but what yeah. was your experience? Were you scared of that? Really getting into the depths of your story, getting into the show. Were you, that ever cross your mind, or were you just like, all right, I'm just gonna lay it out here? Or was it something you contemplate? I know your kids were probably a a, a part of that decision making, but were you all in, or was it kind of were you apprehensive about it? Oh, show? I I don't think anyone bears their soul to the on a national platform and is not worried <laughs> or concerned. Right. But at some point, I just had to realize like it's out there now. You know, like I can't go back. Right. I can't undo it. Um. A lot of it has really been like, how do I maximize the publicity from it? Because it has definitely driven a lot of traction and a lot of questions about who I am, what I do, and things of that nature. So now it's just been more so capitalizing off of the publicity. But aside from that, um, I it has 
social media has prepared me for this in a way that you realize you cannot control people's perception, but mm -hmm. you can keep doing you and eventually who you are will rise to the top. And so I have just yeah. been very adamant about remaining true to myself, um, remaining true to whatever I've put out there for the world to consume. And a lot of it, I feel that at some point will be a great help to people who may find themselves in a similar situation. And hopefully they have right. the courage to walk away like I did, uh, because we know in the church world, um, it's bad enough if you have one divorce, God forbid you have two, and, and you're going straight to hell if you have three or more, right? And so right. I'm grateful that I haven't allowed, you know, church culture to dictate my decisions. And I've honestly made decisions that were best for me and best for my kids. And that has helped put me in a great place and a great position personally and professionally. And so I'm just grateful for a lot of the opportunities that has come my way as a result of just being honest and being willing to lay my, myself out there. It's not always fun. Social media is social media. Twitter is the pit of hell. Um, and so I stay <laughs> off of Twitter, but Overall, I'm very grateful for the experience and people, one thing people can't do is ever rob you of your experience and, and they won't ever be able to take this away from me. It is out there. It will be out there. It is what it is. And, um, you know, you just kind of have to move forward. It is still, I don't know if I'll be on for season two or not. That, that hasn't been decided yet. But um, overall, I'm very grateful about the opportunity and very grateful to you know, Carlos King and his company for giving me a chance and the own network has been very great. Um, and so I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy with it. I don't like all of it, but I'm happy with it overall. But right. it comes to the territory. Okay. People are very judgmental. They make a lot of assumptions and presumptions. And you just have to know your truth. You have to know who you are and you have to know what you stand for. And all the above, I'm good on. And I literally just aim to live my life as authentically as possible and as free and true to me as I can. And that has really been what's helped me um, kind of navigate this new territory that I've stepped off into. Yeah, because I was about to say, you're in a whole new territory now. Now everything, that that that's a national platform as own, like you get your own, so it, it started from the ground up. But I'm like, it's not really ground up because it's Oprah Winfrey's network. I'm like, He's needed a little, you know, Tyler Perry came in and helped the ratings and, you know, got the money of advertisement. Now it's a, I went there to the, like a lifetime. It's like a lifetime, I think. Uh, a really big network where it gets a really great, faithful watchers. I think, I think your story on there, yes, it attracts all the, because it's like, ooh, it's juicy. This storyline is juicy, but I think you have a heart and soul within it and i think because i'm not gonna say name i i'm, I'm the kind of uh long to really delve into it because it can go that way i don't want this to like go viral for stupid reasons so i'm not even gonna address any of your castmates on there i would just say in just uh watching the show i'm like I hope you I, I was like watching the episodes i'm like i hope they give you a chance and see like you have good intentions because a lot of times people perceive, again, we get back to perception, we get back to projection. People that are not comfortable looking at truth a certain way, if they, if they lay it all out there, a lot of people, they like to 
get troops in doses. And so I think your troops is hard to handle up front. And so when I watched the first episode and people wasn't really gravitating towards your like, oh, because you're not and when I would look at the storylines, I'm like, oh, that's why you have that pers that perspective. So, you know, X, Y, and Z, not to name anybody particular, but I'm like, I always look at people's perspectives when they're talking on these reality shows and some of the truth reveals itself to why they think the way they do. And so when they thought the way they did, I'm like, oh, because everybody has their different backgrounds. They come from either middle class, lower class, upper class. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's perception on how they grew up. And so I was hoping the season finale is that it grows into not that you have to give any way, any storylines away, but I hope it progresses to where it's more of a harmonious uh, relationship. That's only, I'm not going to, uh, for people listening in, I know y'all want more. I, I'm not that kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't dive deep like that and get messy. So y'all go to other, uh, hopefully winner won't experience different journalists making her ask the hard hit questions on cast. I'm not doing that. I'm keeping it PG and professional. But yeah, what, what's your what's your outtake in terms of how you're viewed on this reality show? Do you are you accept what was produced and edited, or do you have an issue with any, or is it all you, you it take it all so and try? I don't like that. There's a perception that I'm the villain. I hate that because it's not even close. Okay. But. It's, it's what it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's what it is. And I think you kind of have right. to accept it and move on with it, which is why I don't argue with people and their perspectives about it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, people yeah. are making perspective off of what is edited, produced, cut down, and smashed mm -hmm. together and shown, right? Mm -hmm. I have to understand that those 42 minutes in an episode does not sum up who Winter is as a person. Out of those 42 minutes, I may get two minutes, I may get 15. It's still not right. who went as a person. So I yeah. learned to separate the two and I let the fans talk as they talk. <laughs> like I don't, I don't involve myself. The only time, like today was actually the first time I, I had to go live and recap the last two episodes on my Instagram. And I got down to the nitty gritty just to dispel some of the craziness that people were sending me about it and i'm like okay so right. i have to address this just to be clear like this that and the other yeah. um i don't know but i try not to get involved and i live my life i have a life outside of the show so it's really how i yeah. live that's really how you gotta take it and stride i'm glad you said that twitter is the pits of hell but they have great barbecues sometimes that's what i say <laughs> it's it's some some shows uh, like uh, the reality shows, not the name, but they have sort of like a ground up culture around commentating on the episodes. And so a lot of viewers kind of communicate through Twitter on an episode like, this is what happened, this is that, this is perceived that. But it's a, it's some people, like, like again, everybody's perception is different of everybody else. I think if it's in fun and in good taste, it could, Twitter can be a good time. But yeah, they can be they can be ruthless. <laughs> really, uh, Twitter Twitter is a beast. It's just you got to learn how to tame it. But uh, I, I I'm like when I saw you on when I saw you on the trailer, I'm like, oh, winners out of here. Whether or not. 
like you said, if there's season two returns and you return on there, I think this is your opportunity to do more. Like you were talking about um, Arkansas in terms of giving back. I think these are your setup now to where all those things can get achieved because that's what yeah. platforms are like like this are made for yeah. set up the long term in terms of getting goals. So I appreciate you talking about the show. I played, you know, about the game, the what's wrong with you game. I think I played with you before on my previous show, but I've updated the list and I I want to know quickly. I'm going to play this game. What's wrong with you game? Uh, you need me to re, re, reinstate the rules? to play it or do you want to get into it yeah uh, the game is i can't remember if i played with you or not but basically the game uh you basically pick the artist that you listen to more on your playlist it's not necessarily a comparison it's just who to more of okay and so i'm gonna just play the whole game with you because i can't remember if i played with you or not but the first one is marvin gay or teddy pendergrass teddy pendergrass okay you're talking right the next one the whispers of this Say it one more time. The Whispers or the OJs? OJs. Next one, Prince or James? Prince. Okay. Those are, like I said, I make up the rules as I go. And so there's little tricks. And I, th that was, those are the easy ones. Those are all bonus. So either one you would have picked, you would have got right. Okay. okay. It's a roller coaster ride. So now we're getting at the part where it's going to drop down to your stomach and you got to get all right. Or you're going to get a what's wrong with you. If you don't, you can basically I pick what I pick. And if you don't pick what I pick, you get a what's wrong with you. And so no pressure. But the first one is Michael Jackson. My specific off the wall or thriller. Thriller. Okay. Um, that was not what you were supposed to say, Winter. Uh, you were supposed to. <laughs> as I said, it. Sometimes y'all 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 be answering the, the, the I thought it's the ones out there because we when we get to the nitty gritty that's where we get real right here we get real right now okay that was not what you were supposed to pick you were supposed to, uh, off the wall so you have exactly eight seconds to name me three songs off a of thriller naming your favorite three songs off a of thriller in fifteen seconds oh countdown started no clue man. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> Thriller, thriller, thriller. Oh my god. Um, I don't know. I have no clue. I I, don't, I, I don't I don't remember albums. I just let it play. You don't remember albums, you just remember. Okay, so you you don't know any. So Not okay. in the mirror? Is that a thriller? That's um an album, I believe. No, that's a different album. No, I don't it's know. It's baby be mine, you got Thriller, Baby Be Mine's on Thriller, Human Nature. Um, human Nature. Okay. See, I would have got okay. this right because I wouldn't have put Human Nature on Thriller. Lady in My Life, I think, is on there. Um, PYT. See? Okay. So I could have. I, 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 I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I would have came up with Human Nature, PYT, and Billie Jean. Okay. Is Billie Jean okay. on Yes. It, okay. It's on there. Yeah. Okay, so you name me three. You don't get a what's okay. Since you name me three songs, you don't get a what's wrong with you. But you do get a negative seventeen points. You're supposed to pick uh, off the wall. You know, just negative seventeen. Not a what's wrong with you. You know, just I a negative seventeen. You know, so you're supposed to pick what I pick. Okay, the next one is Miss Patty or Miss Arena. Dang. 
God knows I love me some Patty. I'm, I'm going to go with Patty. Even Let's though go I love with that spirit. Huh? You go with Patty? I'm going okay. go with Patty. You talking right. Okay, you didn't get what's wrong with your neck because you picked what I picked. The next one is Brian McKnight or Babyface. Think about it, winner. This is a hard one. It is a hard one for me because I like them both now. Oh my god! Now let um, me say, also in the rules, we added catalog. So whatever they produced or songwriter wrote, if you know their stuff, like you know, baby, for just to give you hints, Babyface wrote for Tony Braxton. Those count as well as playlists. TLC. I'm gonna go with Babyface, even though I love okay. some deck I'm Ignite. But I'm gonna go with baby. Yeah, that don't matter. That don't matter. Winner is it's, it's uh, you pick baby face, so that's the most important one. Okay, you acing it and uh, kind of acing it. You got negative seventeen, but you you getting there. Okay, that be or escape. What was the first one? I didn't hear you. S W V or escape. Escape. I'm sorry. I gotta go with escape. Not no S W V. And even though I like SWV, you're not gonna sit here and tell me that they are better than Escape because no. Winter. Absolutely. Winter, no, what are you saying right no. now? What this is why I don't get my right hopes up in this game because y'all let y'all answer y'all so right and then it's like y'all reroute somewhere else. It goes somewhere else. Winter, what are you saying right now? SWV has seven hit singles on one album. What are you talking about right now? I know and SW1 listeners out there that's team escape right now. SWB1, they proven, you know, they got the hits. The hits to stick like grits. That's that's what okay, name me okay, the same as with the with the, uh, the thrill one. Name me now name me five since you that confident. Name me five escape songs. I'm gonna give you 20 seconds. Name me five escape songs. Name me five uh, of your favorite escape songs if they got them on your playlist. Who can I run to? Okay. Um. Oh shoot. Um. Just kicking it. Um. Softest place on earth. I just heard that about three weeks ago. Um. Dang. Escape, escape. I used to sing this when I was little. Oh, what I need from you is understanding. That's another one, right? Understanding. How many I got? <laughs> um, dang it, dang it, dang it. You're my little secret. And that's how we go keep. That's a song. I know it is. Okay, yes. so. Got five. Okay. You were supposed to pick SWV. I just added that to the list as well. Because it's such a hot thing on Twitter talking about it. I'm like, this is very a great debate, musical debate. Escape. You didn't get a what's wrong with you because you name all five. But you get a negative 20 because you said it so confidently. I'm, and I'm like, no, Winter, no. What's something wrong? I want to say what's wrong with you so bad, Winter, but I'm trying to contain it. Because it's they it's just 4-0 in the series right now. I don't understand. They're so... Uh, but you know what? That's your pick. You said you listen to more uh, Escape on your playlist than SWV. It's your playlist. I can't judge it. 
Now, but you do get a negative 27 points. Negative 27 points for not picking SWV. Uh, the next one is Jodeci. <laughs> Jodeci or, ba or Boys the Men. Boys the Men. I, I had a feeling you was going to say that. Name me three Boys the Men songs. Um. Oh gosh, you taking me back in the in the memory bank. I ain't listened to Boys Men in a while, but I definitely ain't listened to no Jodeci in ages, so I couldn't even come up with those songs. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> the only song I could have came up with for Jodeci was "All My Life," and that's it. Um, <laughs> that's Casey and JoJo. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. So I definitely, I definitely oh want to know. I'm trying to voice them in. Um. Oh my God! <laughs> I, I I I'm I'm just gonna have to get a negative 100 because I can't even think of Boys and Men songs off the top. I'm such it, a horrible. Let me let me think of someone. Motown, Philly, End of the Road. Um, oh, End of the Road. I'll make love to oh you. My gosh, I'll make love to you is a huge one. How can I not? And uh, this? I water runs dry. What song? When the water runs dry. I think that's the name. I like that one. It's dry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna give you that many deducted points. You're gonna get negative five because I knew you were gonna say boys to men for some reason. Don't know. I, I have don't theories. Like boy yeah, girl. Like I do not even look I, like you are a boys to men. It's it's certain type it's like Jodeci is for the the the, the roughneck ladies, the the you know, the the roundaway girls. And you Man don't heart. give that energy off. You never gave me roughneck uh socks sock somebody. A, a carton of cigarettes type of energy. You don't give me that energy at all. You give me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that was your group. I remember that. Yeah. 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 I was. I was a. Uh, the music is all the fast girls. You wouldn't give. You don't give me fast girl energy. Let me say that. All the fast girls love Joe to see back in the day. My daddy, my daddy was not having that. Okay. Okay. You don't give fast girl the, the Jodeci. I say all the time, Jodeci and Monica music. Those were all for the fast girls in high school that <laughs> they like to cut class and <laughs> tell their parents where they at. Type of that's what that music is for. So, uh, but you get negative five points for boys to men. You don't get a whole thing. Okay, I got last two bonus ones. We're gonna end this game. Uh, the bonus, the first bonus one is Mary J. Blige or Faith Evans. Mary J. Okay, I knew you was gonna say that too. So you gonna get those are bonus points. I give you, I give you about seventy five points bonus. I give you seventy five. So you oh, on up, up. Okay, this, this last bonus. Uh, let me go with an old school one, kind of early two thousands tweet. Or Ashanti. Oh gosh, I love me some tweets. <laughs> there we go. Okay, you get points for that because tweet is amazing. Okay, yes, the conclusion did. of the game. I've determined that there is nothing wrong with Miss Winter Harris. That's not you won the game. Uh, I give you a constellation prize. Usually, prize. I usually cash out all the guests two dollars and thirty five cents to get them a, a a malt liquor at the at their local convenience store but since you're classy and you have grace and you know you're you're uh, uh immaculate guests so we're not gonna do that we're gonna up the budget and send you something to get you a cup of champagne we're not gonna give you an actual glass we're just gonna give you a cup with champagne in it that's the constellation 
I ain't gonna give you the rest because you, you top notch guests. You know, I ain't gonna do that and get you uh, a two dollar beer at the at the grocery store, convenience store. You get a cup of champagne. So you won the game. Thank you so much for show on the podcast. Thank you for like I said, you're just a light. you're a beacon of light. Everything positive energy because that's what you radiate. You radiate positivity. And I think your experiences help people help people to focus in on like any intentions that you go after, you can get it done if you have your, your morals and your values in the right place. And I think you tell stories, everything that you've been through has to and have made you persevere and it's great to witness it in real time and i'm glad i caught you now before you take off and i can't get a hold of you because <laughs> <laughs> we liked it and went different for us because we didn't have our assistants talking to each other now yeah. our communication is now and i see you I, i'm just talking to you now before you really blow up and then i can't get in contact with you no more <laughs> but i appreciate you coming no. on the podcast thank you for having me like and you're you getting everything you deserve so i appreciate you I appreciate you as well and keep going. I, I Listen, we've been connected for a while, so honored to be on here. I appreciate you reaching out. And um, I'm sure we'll cross paths eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to get, I keep saying I'm gonna go to DC. I keep missing, I'm gonna I'm I'm meet you eventually in DC we, or wherever you're at, if you're ever in LA or might catch yeah. you there somewhere. Cause I'm sure that's natural progression. Uh, to the Soul Savage podcast, where can they find you on social media, Winner? You can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at I'm Simply Winter or on my YouTube channel. It's Simply Winter Official. And um, I would love to see you over there. Come over, say hello. And um, thanks so much for having me again. Oh, no problem. Y'all also tune into the OWNS uh, Love and Marriage DC. You can check it out on any of your streaming service on YouTube. I believe episodes, uh, you can purchase the episodes online that they might be available. Either way, check out the Love and Marriage DC on OWNS Network. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Soul Savings Podcast. And we out. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, Soul Savings got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the Sounds of Soul Savviness podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease.